0: Hey, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Craig Fawley Show on Deadline Detroit. Glad to have you with me today. And it turned out to be a pretty big news day today. Just came back from a press conference over at the mayor's office in which Chrysler, Fiat Chrysler, announced that they are going to be building a new plant in the city of Detroit on property adjacent to the Jefferson North plant right now, which will employ 5,000 people. It's going to be a pretty big deal if it gets done. There are still some hurdles in the way that the mayor acknowledged in his press conference today including getting property out of the hands of the Maroons. So we'll talk a bit more about that. Also, fixing the damn roads. What's it actually going to take to do it? How are we going to pay for the more than $2 billion that we're going to need to fix the roads properly here in the state of Michigan? Well, a new report from the Citizens Research Council of Michigan spells out what the options may be, the pluses and minuses of, the pluses and minuses of both. Eric Lufer from the Citizens Research Council of Michigan will join me to talk about that. That's all coming up on the Craig Folley Show on Deadline Detroit. Stick around. Hey, thanks for checking out the show today. Really do appreciate it. Uh, just got back from the mayor's office. Big press conference that took place over there. Fiat Chrysler announcing a new investment in the city of Detroit. Their first major plant expansion in the U.S. since the Great Recession. And the first major plant announcement in the city of Detroit in many, many, many years. 5,000 new jobs. Now, there are still some hurdles. Again, big hurdles that we need to talk about on this today. But just to give you a little background on what is being proposed here. billion investment from Fiat Chrysler in exchange for the acreage of land that they are looking for. And the city of Detroit suggests that they want to do this without displacing any residents in the area. Now, to give you an idea of where the footprint is, if you know the Jefferson North plant, it's of course, the boundaries are Connor uh, on one side, on the the east side, and St. Jean on the west. And we're also talking about some potential land south of Jefferson towards the Connor Creek plant. And also, the former engine plant, which is on the north side of Mack Avenue between Mack and Warren. So they're going to be redeveloping a lot of this property, and much of it has been sitting idle for a long time. And they do have some significant hurdles, like I said. One of the things they have to do is rest about, oh twenty 20 to 30 acres out of the Maroon family. The Maroon family, of course, the owners of the Ambassador Bridge. Uh, We've known about uh, some of their deals in the past. Now, recently, the city has worked out a couple of deals with the Maroons, one for Riverside Park on the west side of the city and the other, of course, uh, for some property for Ford's expansion into the train station. So the Maroons have been willing to come to the table in recent years to offload some of the property that may be standing in the way of some development ideas here in the city of Detroit. So we'll see. But the mayor has 60 days to pull this off, 60 days in which to negotiate with the property owners that they need to, to negotiate with to get the acreage needed. And we're talking about 80 acres on the city. But again, Chrysler seems committed to this. They have an MOU, Memorandum of Understanding. They're expecting Fiat Chrysler to invest $1.6 billion to convert the current Mack Avenue engine complex into a vehicle assembly plant. So this wouldn't just be an, an engine plant, this would be final assembly of new Jeeps in the next generation Jeep Grand Cherokee, which is currently built over at the Chrysler plant. Also, they're talking about an all-new three-row full-size SUV that would be built there. The company would invest about $900 million to modernize the Jefferson North plant, and again, that total investment expected to add about 5,000 new jobs in the city. Now think about this for just a second. This is the largest investment that Fiat Chrysler has made in the U.S. since the Great Recession. Again, you're going to convert the existing Mack Avenue engine complex into an assembly plant. These are better paying jobs at assembly plants. Also, it's going to be the first new assembly plant built in Detroit in almost three decades. The first in Michigan in 13 years, and the first in the United States since 2011. That's a big deal. They didn't go down south. They're not going out into some, uh, you know, some, some greenfield somewhere and building a new plant. They're actually going to do it on existing land within the city of Detroit, most of it already deemed uh, for industry, which is a big deal. Now, again, the city has to deliver the proposed site within 60 days, and they also need to negotiate a community benefits agreement. So they don't want to displace any of the residents in the community, and many of the residents in that area are already used to having a manufacturing plant nearby, so that's not going to be that difficult. At the same time, If they are going to get new land and expand their operations, citizens are going to want some guarantees when it comes to noise, when it comes to pollution, things along those lines. So there are going to be a number of things that have to be negotiated about this. Now, it doesn't sound like the most exciting thing in the world. I realize that. But 5,000 new manufacturing jobs in the city limits with a commitment to training Detroiters for those jobs is as big a job announcement as we've had in the city in a long, long time. And Fiat Chrysler choosing to do it here as opposed to moving their processes down south or some more favorable labor location or Mexico or someplace like that. They're making an investment in this community where they started. That's a big deal. And so we will see what happens over the course of the next 60 days. The mayor has his hands full in negotiating this deal, and 60 days doesn't seem like a long time to get the deal done. I don't think they'd be having this announcement today if they hadn't already made some sort of progress on those negotiations, but it's still going to have to get done. And getting all those I's dotted and T's crossed is a laborious process, but one that I'm hoping, hoping they can get done. So congratulations to Fiat Chrysler. Congratulations to the city of Detroit. This is a big deal, a really big deal. Some of the better news we've had when it comes to blue collar jobs in this community in a long, long time. And let's hope, let's hope they get it done and we'll be following it. And we'll let you know every step of the way. This is The Craig Show. Stick around. Coming up next, we're going to be talking about fixing the damn roads, as Governor Whitmer likes to say. There's a lot to be done there. How are we going to do it? Eric Lufer is going to join me in just a minute to talk about it. The Craig Folly Show is made possible in part by Deadline Detroit, one-stop shopping for all your news. Also, home to Deadline Detroit TV, which includes The Zip, a weekly wrap-up of the week's news with some humor, and The Trip, wise relationship advice with hosts Megan Slattery and Tracy Evans. Deadline Detroit, one-stop shopping for all your news. This is the Craig Folley Show on Deadline Detroit. Glad to have you with me today. And, uh, of course, if you watched any of the last gubernatorial campaign, you know that the big theme that everybody was worried about is how are we going to fix the roads? Fix the damn roads became a campaign theme for eventual winner Gretchen Whitmer. Governor Whitmer now tasked with figuring out a way to actually get it done. Well, the Citizens Research Council of Michigan just put out a new report today looking at what potential options, what realistic options there might be for finding ways to pay for the roads. Joining me right now is the CRC president, Eric Lufer. Eric, welcome to the Craig Folly Show. Always a pleasure to have you here.
1: It's a pleasure to be back.
0: Well, of course, there was a lot made in the campaign of Fix the Damn Roads. uh, But when it comes to the reality of fixing the damn roads, there are not a ton of options that are available out there. None of them are going to be particularly appealing to uh, drivers here in the state of Michigan. Um, We have three options, basically. Raise taxes reallocate existing resources or bond it out. Uh, there are pluses and minuses to all of those. Uh, but Eric, I mean, when you're trying to come up with creative solutions to this, you guys tried to pare it down to what's actually reality. What's, what's realistically possible here. And I mean, cause there's a lot of out of the, out of the box thinking on this, but none of that stuff has ever really come to fruition.
1: Yeah. I mean, the bottom line is we have a immediate problem. So we definitely need to think about the long-term uh, ways we're going to raise money for roads. Uh, We have hybrid cars and electric cars and more and more of those coming down the line. So relying on the gas tax is not a long-term solution for the future. Uh, But the bottom line is we need to fix the roads now. We can't wait till some grand scheme comes along and Uh, offers different ways of doing things. So let's get the money in the bank and and start fixing the roads, and then we can come back and start thinking about long-term solutions. You know,
0: I think one of the problems that politicians are going to run into, though, when it comes to getting the money in the door, is the reality that Michigan already has high gasoline taxes. However, most of that money does not go towards fixing the roads. I mean, well, a lot of it does, but there is a significant chunk that goes off into the general fund, the school aid fund, because it is a sales tax uh, uncoupling those resources that are going into those different funds and putting them directly into the roads. How viable a solution is that?
1: Uh, It's a very viable solution. The really hard part is how do you find the money? So schools and local governments don't take a hit because of it. Uh, We have school funding issues and uh, local governments certainly are needed the money to uh, provide public safety and the other things they need to do. Um, uh, you know, the, the bottom line is it means you're going to uh, go into the sales tax law and say let's not tax gasoline anymore or diesel or any of those other fuels, and and raise the gas tax an equal amount uh, so that all that money that we're taxing without changing the price on fuel, all that money is going to fixing the roads and bridges and um, getting started on. I'm giving us the infrastructure we need.
0: Yeah, I, I do want to well, talk a little bit about your motivation for doing this report as well. I mean, CRC, of course, is a nonpartisan uh, organization that does a lot of research on, on what it's going to take to provide the revenues we need for any number of state projects, among other things that you do. Talk a little bit about putting this out there and putting these options on the table as opposed to some of the other things. Uh, because a lot of these ideas, even if they're realistic, are politically non-starters and have been for a long time.
1: Yeah, so the Citizens Research Council has been around for 103 years as a organization to provide information to our elected leaders and the citizens that elect those people. We do that, keeping in mind always that nobody elected us the king of Michigan. Nobody uh, said whatever the Citizens Research Council goes. We're here to provide information for more informed discussion on these issues. So, uh, of course, after the campaign that led to the election of Governor Whitmer and the roads being a major issue in her campaign, uh, we know that this is going to be a, a major uh, policy issue for the next, you know, however long it takes to come up with something, hopefully shorter rather than longer. Um, so we wanted to get some information on Part of the discussion during the campaign was if if the legislature won't raise the taxes, she'll just bond for it. Well, there's implications for that, too. So in order to have an informed discussion, we need to have all the facts before us. and, And that was our motivation for doing this. Let's understand what those issues are and present the facts so we can have a better discussion.
0: My guest right now is Eric Lufer. He's the president of the Citizens Research Council of Michigan. They've just issued a new report today, as a matter of fact, looking at potential options for raising the money necessary to fix the damn roads here in Michigan. Forgive the language. That's uh, that's on Governor Whitmer, not on me. Uh, But, Eric, let's take a look at the pluses and minuses of the three approaches here. Raising the gas tax. Yes. Short term. It solves a lot of the fiscal problems that we might have. It might be easier, I suppose, for people to take this increase in smaller chunks rather than registration fees. But what's the downside to raising the gas tax?
1: So it is a uh, increasingly unproductive tax as uh, c- cars are becoming more fuel efficient. As we're getting hybrid cars and electric cars, uh, the amount that comes in per penny of taxation. Is less and less. Um, th- there's a question of competitiveness, and I, 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 you know, tip my hat that there's an issue of competitiveness. But at the same time, I can't go to Iowa to buy my gas. I have to buy my gas where I am. Um, so, you know, we want to keep that in mind, but I don't want to overplay it. Uh, right now, between the gasoline tax and the sales tax on motor fuels, we're like fourth or fifth in the nation in. In terms of the total tax, um, we, you know, a lot of states are, are thinking about the same issue. So um, we know we're not going to be too far ahead of everyone, but we've let the roads go for so long that coming up with more money is, um, has got to be part of the equation.
0: Well, one of the things that you suggest could be done and something that lawmakers have looked at is exempting, of course, gasoline from the state sales tax. Uh, and and that is something that they suggest would not raise prices at the pump but would raise the money necessary to actually put into the roads what's the downside of that of that uh, option
1: the downside is that our schools and our um, local governments receive money from state revenue sharing and through the school aid fund and it's a pretty major you know piece of the pie it's almost a billion dollars so, We don't want to take money from schools to fix the roads, uh, fix one problem but create a bigger problem in a different area. We don't want to hurt local government. So uh, how to balance that out, how to create a pure system, a pure user fee-based system where the money we pay in taxation for gasoline and vehicles goes to the roads but let's make sure that we have the money to provide education and to fund state revenue sharing.
0: And and Eric, uh, you know, nobody wants to pay more at the pump, but it it does seem that there is a recognition on the part of of even Republicans in the legislature that some sort of tax increase is going to be necessary to do this. Uh, You have a number of former legislators that came out recently and said, we're going to need about 2.7 billion in additional taxes uh, to, to fund the roads properly, to get as many of them in good condition as possible um, how important a reality check was that for current members of the legislature? When you have so many people who've been involved in this argument, which goes back twenty-five, thirty years at this point, uh, you know, to to come on board and say, "Look, the reality is we don't have the money necessary, and there's no way to cut ourselves uh, to prosperity when it comes to roads."
1: I think that's very important. Uh, these are people who are um, sort of respected statesmen now that they're out in the out of the legislature and and citizens, but still involve citizens. Uh, These are people who have learned about the issues during their time in office, understand the intricacies of road funding, understand the general fund and all the pressures being put on it. And for them to come out and get in front of this, I think was really important, Uh, providing some, some knowledge, providing some cover for those people who are in the legislature there just isn't that much waste, fraud and abuse that uh, are going to come up with two point two, two point seven billion dollars. It's going to take new money. Well,
0: you know, look, even though in the last election, though, we had uh, Bill Schuette, of course, a Republican candidate for governor running on a platform that, yes, we need to fix the roads, but we could do this without raising taxes. People have been conditioned to believe that there is enough waste, fraud, and abuse in the system that we can cut ourselves uh, and just become more efficient and find the money we need to do all these things, pay for schools, pay for roads. Um, what do we need to do to actually make people understand that, that government might be a little bit more efficient than they think it is at times?
1: You know, it, it's an education effort. It's a, um, more and more people digging into the budget and understanding how the money is being spent. Um, I don't mean to discount that we couldn't find some money. Certainly, sure. that should be part of the package. But we're not going to find two point. We're not going to find more than two billion dollars. We're not going to find a billion dollars in, in money that's just sitting around and saying, "Oh, that that could be put to a better use." Uh, to do so will create pain in a different area of the budget. Well,
0: the the most viable solution, it seems, is to, again, adjust the gas tax in some capacity, raise it, uh, find ways to decouple it from the sales tax, uh, find other money to potentially shore up the school aid fund and, and local government funding if indeed we do that. However, that's a difficult, difficult proposition to get done, to get agreement on a big package like that. Governor Whitmer, as you said earlier in this interview, has suggested that if she needs to, she will bond out uh, the money. The good thing about bonds is you'll get a lot of money up front to get a lot of work started, but you have to pay. And there's additional interest that has to be paid on that down the road. How much more expensive would it be long term to fix it that way as opposed to uh, raising the taxes?
1: In general terms, you pay about double by bonding you have the amount of principal that you have to repay over time, the the amount that you've borrowed, but those who lend you the money want their money back with interest and uh, paying the amount of interest to, of course, depend on the amount of time you take to pay it back. But generally when you're talking 20 or 30 years uh, of repayment, you rack up a pretty good amount of interest. Um, So there's two different paths to borrowing. one, the state has the ability, the state trunkline fund can just say, well, we need to borrow for certain things. But the amount borrowed can only be used for the state roads, uh, the interstates, the major roads uh, in Southeast Michigan and throughout the state. There's greater bonding authority, what we call general obligation bonds. Uh, those can be used to bring in a whole influx of money. Um, we're, we're a little bit pessimistic of that approach, though, because, yes, you get that you know, pot of money. Now we can go fix the roads. There's only so much you could do at a time. So it kind of begs the question why you want it all up front. Uh, and what we saw after Governor Engler did this several years ago is that the amount we were paying back took up so much of the incoming money coming in that, there wasn't enough money to maintain the roads that had just been fixed. So here we are 20, 25 years later and our roads are right back in horrible condition because they weren't maintained over time. If we're gonna do bonding, uh, we suggest that it be used only for major projects. Right now they're going to they're doing bonding for the I-75 rehab from 8 mile to 13 mile in Oakland County. That's a pot of money that you need all at once you want to don't want to keep that road closed down forever lanes closed down forever you want to go in get it done and get out so you need that money all at once Uh, so so use it for those kinds of projects and if you do bond you have to have more money to pay it back over time so if you're going to bond pair it with new revenues coming in so you're elevating everything you're not Doing something new, but taking away from other resources to repay that debt. Well, Eric,
0: I mean, you mentioned the I-75 project, and there was something interesting I learned about this this morning is reading a couple of articles uh, that are based on your report, of course, that came out today, uh, that there's a so-called public-private partnership involved with the contractors on that project, which gives them, I guess, a little bit more incentive to do the job right the first time around. Is there a way to do this? Um, and, and is that public-private partnership something that might ensure better quality of the road so the degradation is not as quick?
1: That's the that's the theory, that if you tell somebody, uh, we're going to pay you to, to construct it, there's a profit margin. So they want to, you know, of course, provide the best quality product they can, but still have a profit for them at the end. But if you tell them, we want you to build it, and then make sure that it lasts over time. So make sure you have the resources to go out and do the crack sealing and do the uh, resurfacing and all those types of things that go into maintaining a road. Now they might take a different approach and and think more about the long term. Uh, So that's the theory. The question is, you know, how scalable is it? Uh, You can do it on a few major projects like this. Is this something we can carry out throughout the whole state to to do it for every mile of road in the state. And, um, you know, I, I think that's something that we have to ask the engineers and the, uh, the people that have given a lot of thought to this issue. It's certainly something that we should be doing on major projects like that I-75 rebuild.
0: Once again, my guest is Eric Lufer, president of the Citizens Research Council of Michigan. They've just released a report looking at realistic ways to fund our road infrastructure here in the state of Michigan, which, of course, was the top priority of the gubernatorial candidates this last round. Uh, in fact, Governor Whitmer has said it's her number one priority going in uh, to this new cycle is finding a deal with legislators and finding the revenue necessary to put Michigan's roads back into the good condition territory, at least 75 percent of them. Uh, Eric, I guess the, the one thing is reading through your report, you're suggesting sort of a, a combination of all these different approaches that we've been talking about here. It's going to be something that we have to be a lot more thoughtful than we've ever been, because the longer we delay this, the more expensive it gets. Are we getting close to a tipping point where it will be too late uh, for us to actually deal with this in a realistic way?
1: Yeah, we have uh, a couple charts in the paper, and, and they're based on reports from MDOT and the um, local road uh, agencies that show the roads are, are sort of, I don't want to oversell it, but they're in okay condition right now. But a lot of them are reaching the end of their lifespan. They're, um, there's a quick degradation. Degradation of the road quality when it reaches a certain age, if especially hasn't if it hasn't been maintained over time, and those engineers tell us that a lot of those roads are meeting that tipping point right now. Uh, so they're going to be need to be rebuilt. They're going to need to be uh, taken care of one way or another, and. Um, the alternative to finding the money and digging into those projects and shutting roads down uh, because they'll be too unsafe to drive on. So that doesn't seem like a good idea to me.
0: One last point though. I mean, we're still continuing to see new road construction taking place around this date, uh, building additional infrastructure when we are struggling to keep up with the infrastructure we already have. Are we going to get to a point where we're going to have to maybe put a, a curb on some of that?
1: Well, I think they have, You know, we have to recognize that we want the economy to grow. And if there's new housing developments, if there's new stores or or industry coming in, we need to have the roads to meet their needs. But when you look at the big picture, we really haven't added that much to capacity over the last uh, several years. And, And it is certainly our recommendation that new money come in really, really, really be prioritized for maintenance and taking care of the roads we have we shouldn't be building a whole lot more into the system so you know part of part of growing the economy is trying to attract businesses and trying to have uh, new housing developments and things like that that employs people and uh, that's what we're uh, playing this game for so you know there might be some need for new roads but we're not building wholesale a, a lot of new mileage onto the system. It's, it's really taking care of what we have.
0: All right. Well, Eric Lufer, we certainly appreciate your time today. I'm not going to allow you to prognosticate on whether or not the legislature is going to figure this out. I will leave that to others to do. Uh, your, your organization's job is to give us the details we need to make an informed decision. Eric, we appreciate your time. Thank you.
1: It's been my pleasure. I look forward to touching base again soon.
0: Eric Lufer is the president of the Citizens Research Council of Michigan. We appreciate him joining us on the program today to talk about those options, none of which are particularly good for those of us that are actually going to have to pay. But such is life. You put this stuff off long enough, it's going to cost us a lot more, so we better act now lest we pay that much more going forward. Thanks for listening today. Hope you enjoyed the program. We'll be back tomorrow for another episode of the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Don't forget, coming up on Thursday, we're going to be at the Detroit Policy Conference that the Detroit Regional Chamber is putting on over at the uh, Motor City Casino. Always a lot of interviews to be had there. A lot of good discussions that are going to be taking place. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the week. So looking forward to that. And I hope you join me. Tell your friends. Share it, subscribe, all that good stuff. Thanks for listening. We'll talk tomorrow. The Craig Foley Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Mad Dog Professional Services. Mad Dog Professional Services focuses on putting their clients on the leading edge of technology faster than thought possible to capture new revenue streams. That's Mad Dog Professional Services.